1: Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create daily fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. Download it today at NoHalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Friday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh FS. The RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate us or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, are you ready to get some balling going on Friday?
2: Yes, I am. Yes, I am.
1: All right. So we got how many games here? And say twenty-two teams in action here. Any initial thoughts on you know adjustments that we need to make from Wednesday to Thursday before we get cracking here on the Friday slate?
2: Um, you mean as far as players? Yes. Uh, to be honest with you, not really. But I also haven't looked too hard at the NBA slate for tonight since we did the other day. Um, I usually do that you know, probably around like four o'clock that night. And obviously, I mean, we say all the time, you got to look and see who's in and who's out and what kind of value that opens up. So I usually wait a little bit closer to game time to start getting that information because that's usually when a lot of it comes out.
1: All right, fair enough. Um, And we're going to sort of keep tabs on some of these players that um, we've been, you know, sort of keeping an eye on all week, which JJ Redick, Clay Thompson is probable Mm. for tonight. But we'll see if he is able to, you know, make it through the game um, healthy because he's on the on tap the next day um, at home against Chicago. And by the way, um, Jimmy Butler, did you see the comments Jimmy Butler made uh, uh, today ab- about Steph Curry?
2: No, I didn't hear the comments. What was he, it?
1: He said, "I would like coach to give me Steph Curry as the defensive assignment." I was like, very interesting because I love Jimmy Butler as a defender. But I don't know if you know what you're asking for, <laughs> you know.
2: Like, but you is... know what, you gotta like, you gotta like that he's willing to step up and and, and take that challenge. Though, yes. I mean, I would much rather see him guard him than Heinrich or Aaron Brooks. So, if you're gonna try to stop him, I mean, Jimmy Butler's probably that guy that you want to put on him. I'm not saying that he will stop him, but at the very least, he's he's gonna make it a tougher time for him.
1: Yeah, you know what though? I think this is that's one of those things when you're talking about the best player in the league and Steph Curry that you just sort of just keep between you and your coach, you know, like you don't need to really proclaim that in the press because then you just what you did is you just gave some extra juice for Steph Curry who hasn't needed any, you know, this season because he's been hands down the MVP in the league, the twelve and zero, and he's mm-hmm. the primary reason why. So th- all all fair points yeah, there, but you like, don't
2: need you don't need the bulletin board fodder, for, right? Uh, you don't, you don't need to give a star player an extra reason to be motivated.
1: Yeah, exactly. No reason at all to juice that guy up. Okay? So uh, that was just my own, my only personal take on the whole deal. So we'll see how that ends up pending. I'll, I'll definitely be keeping tabs on that for the Friday action. So let's go ahead and dive in uh, right off the top like we always do at the point guard position. Um, you know, I don't know about this guy, Russell Westbrook. He's just, I think he, his production might be tailing off here a little bit, Benny. He only got nine rebounds and only eight assists. He had 14 assists. Uh, you know, in Memphis, and he had 17 rebounds on the 13th. So I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I want to, I'm a little bit disappointed by the 68 <laughs>
2: fantasy points on
1: DraftKings <laughs> because it's it's down. It's down from 72, Benny. So, I
2: mean, am, am I wrong to be greedy here? Um, Yes, you're definitely wrong. <laughs> I mean, obviously, listen, I mean, I, I said it last time, and if you listened to me last night, you had a guy on your roster who put up 70 points. When Kevin Durant is out, you play Russell Westbrook. Now, it doesn't mean you can't figure out other ways to build the roster if you decide to fade Westbrook, especially on a night like last night where there were 10 teams playing or a night like this Friday that we're talking about where there's 11 teams playing. There are many ways to build a winning roster. I just choose to take the easy route and put Westbrook in and then build the rest of the roster around them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that my way is right or somebody else's way is wrong. If you're somebody who thinks that you can still build a 300, you know roster, it can be done using guys not named Russell Westbrook. All right. But up. I prefer to do things the easy way, so I'm going to be using Russell Westbrook in my point guard again on Friday, all, unless his price gets ridiculous.
1: All fair. Well, I mean, it already is sort of ridiculous, but it hasn't mattered, you know. But so. it's
2: not. It's not ridiculous based on his production. No, it isn't. If it gets to 14k. Well, you know what? I can't really assume the guy's going to get 85 points a game, you know, 85 fantasy points a game. That would be, you know, pretty epic. Well,
1: have you ever seen a 14K player on the NBA? I have not
2: by the way. I, I think Westbrook was in the 13s last year. He was. And I think I was that was the highest I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else in the 13s, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody higher than that.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I wanted to sort of give people like a reference point for where DraftKings sort of drew the line on, on the production here. So um, he had that... Just, for whatever reason, after he started going, you know, you know, just in monster with with these lineups, he did tail off a little bit, sort of hit the wall, and some of that had happened on the road at San Antonio and Utah. And he was priced at thirteen two for two games, and he came up with um, a you know thirty three fantasy point game against San Antonio on the road, and then um, you know bounced back with fifty three fantasy points, um, you know, after the price sort of came down. Uh, uh, to 12.9. To so there's a ceiling there, but just for reference here too, 53 fantasy points is still four times um, the price tag, which is not obviously not optimal, but there aren't a lot of guys on your roster who are still going to get you 50 plus fantasy points. Uh, so um, this is a good thing. This is what I would like to do for Stat news. by the way, too. What I want to do is actually sort of query um, what he averaged... Uh, as a uh, in, in fantasy points game, I don't know if they gave me the right number last time. I think it actually did, so I'm gonna to, I'm gonna try to query that and we'll, and we'll move on. Well, while I'm looking up that number, I'll, I'll try to figure out what he averaged, um, in that month, which I believe here was looks like March of last year. Where he w- went into the yeah super rid- ridiculous super ridiculous. Westbrook
2: mode
3: yes,
1: yeah that, that's where the, the the apex of the price was so I'm gonna pull those numbers up and then I'll I'll pull up It looks like it carried over into
2: yeah the I was gonna say I'll talk about a couple other guys who I'm looking at here um you know Isaiah Thomas in a game against Brooklyn who hasn't been defending point guards well I mean again this guy's been unbelievable lately he's been putting up 40 DraftKings points so he's somebody you can look at. Um, Moving further down the list, I also like, um, let's see, who do we have here? I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul on this day. You know, Steph Curry is always good, but his price is getting up there. He's playing, you know, the Chicago team. He could see the Jimmy Butler defense, so I don't think this is an upside game for him. So while he's always in play in tournaments, I don't think he'd be somebody I'd look at in cash. If I'm going to pay an exorbitant price, I'd probably rather do it for Russell Westbrook um Damian Lillard hasn't been playing tremendously I don't think he's been paying off his price tag same thing kind of goes for Lowry they're just a little too expensive for me uh Kemba Walker somebody who I don't hate going up against Philly basically everybody's been doing well against Philly uh you know Indiana last night basically dominated that team so I think you can look at anybody on Charlotte as being somebody you would tick up in this game Uh, even Brandon Knight, who, again, I never get this guy right, but going up against Denver is a good matchup for him. So he could be somebody to look at there. And then the last guy is somebody that I've been using a lot. And I know a lot of people don't like him as much as I do, but Mike Conley has been very solid for the price tag that they're asking for him going up against Houston. You know, Houston does play at a little bit of a higher pace, although not as high as people expect from them based on, you know, the points they score and how they play, but uh, they do play at a little bit faster than other teams. Um, I don't think I like many of the cheap options. I wouldn't go down to a guy like T.J. McConnell. He's gotten too expensive for me. Um, you know, Smart is somebody who's just a little too erratic for me. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Jared Jack. Actually, he's had some pretty decent games lately. Yeah. Boston plays at a fast pace, so he could be somebody that I would look at. Um, I can't play Jeremy Lin, but I mean, he has basically been very good lately. Yes, so he he's been somebody who's you know paying off his salary at the very least. Right. Uh, so that probably pretty much about sums it up for all the guys I'm looking at at the point guard spot. You know, you can look at some of the cheapies like uh, Ish Schmidt's been playing pretty well. Uh, Corey Joseph, Patty Mills went nuts last night. Um, you know, so some of those guys are the are the cheap, cheap options if you really need them too, as well at the point guard spot.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm going to be taking a look at here is... I want to get exposure, if at all possible, to the L.A. Lakers um, in terms of you know the, their opponent and Kyle Lowry is, is fairly expensive. He's eighty three hundred, but it's one of the best matchups on the board with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, They're bottom three in point guard defense uh, for you know two thousand fifteen season. Uh, the other two teams you you want to you know target if you can are Orlando at the point guard and um, the Pelicans. And I'm trying to see if we have either of these teams on the roster here. I uh, San Antonio, but I really don't. Like prefer Tony Parker because we saw what Patty Mills did, and actually Tony Parker had a pretty good game too. But you know, I never really trust Tony Parker's production. And if it looks like I'm reading this right, Orlando is not on the slate for Friday. So, Kemba Walker, if you're going to pay down a little bit from Russell Westbrook, and I know it's not the the optimal cost savings, um, but that's a uh, the spot i definitely feel comfortable with do you want to go down a little bit further here for 7700 as of the uh, wednesday pricing here um is that wednesday or tuesday for reddy jackson it was tuesday the 17th 7700 and it's a great very good matchup against Rookie rubio um then don't trust all the numbers that you see with rookie rubio here because they're actually what it looks like i think 11th worst in the league, which is bad still but not, and not great, not in the top half of the league in point guard defense mm-hmm. um, in terms of DVP, but Ricky Rubio has missed a, uh, a number of these games and he's to me a much worse defender than uh, Zach Levine or any other combinations they've been rolling out over the past week. So I do like a lot of shares of Reggie Jackson against Minnesota and you see what's been happening with Minnesota too. They've been play, playing some paced up games uh, well in the 200s. So Reggie Jackson is a guy that I can, I can make a case for. Uh, just to flip back here to russell westbrook and you know to just put a bow on the analysis here in march of last year he was averaging 60.7 fantasy points per game which is absolutely monster and then you take a look at where the price sort of sat for the majority of the month you started out march paying 11.7 and you ended the month paying 12.9 so if we just sort of called it uh you know 12k 12.2 um, is, you know, which is where we're currently at. Um, that's sort of the, um, you know, production you can sort of trust. And just as a quick reference point, let's go right in the middle and say here, you know, let's say that you paid 12.5, okay? He, if he gave you 61.5 fancy points, that's just under five times your value, all right? But I, I'll say this. I'm a little bit less concerned about grabbing, you know, 5x value um, when you get a, a guy who puts up points like that in the 60s
0: yeah so, agreed
1: so there there you have that you're going to you, the other thing too that you need to do is you're going to have hot, top level production almost every time out with the russell Westbrook, and if you fade him especially in cash you know you're you're sort of behind the eight ball if he goes off like he has been so i don't want to do that to myself i understand if you want to you know go away from it in, in in gpps and try to create a lineup mm-hmm. otherwise that can save you that you feel like you can get more like a bigger piece of the pie to go well above 300 and win your GPP, um, especially on draft Kings. But that's going to be my personal approach to that. Now sliding down here at the point guard position, how far down can we draw the line in terms of who you're willing to use and save cash on?
2: I mean, like I said, the guys who I'm looking at towards the bottom, you know, probably a guy like ish Smith is probably the lowest. Mm-hmm. He's been actually playing really well, putting up some pretty good numbers and he's at like 5,000 ish. I think, um, that's probably the floor for me as of now, unless I hear of some, you know, injury news that really opens up a pathway for somebody really cheap.
1: Did you just say ish? Is five thousand ish?
2: Yeah, I think he is five thousand ish, <laughs> which is pretty, uh, pretty good. For Fitting. Him, you
1: it, well, fifty five hundred ish. Yeah, is there you go. What he uh, ended
2: up listing at, and he
1: did. Um, uh, he's been in the, in the lineup in terms of starters, but if you take a look at the minutes over the past. Let's go all the way back to November 6th, 34, 32, 27, 38, 23, 21, then back up to 37 and, and 33. So he's been pro- about 30 minutes per game, and paying off 5x uh, on the price tag in those 30-minute spots looks, looks like 6 out of 8. Two duds in the middle there where he played 23 and 21 minutes, um, both on the road, one against a good team in, in the Toronto, one against a not-so-good team in New York. But very consistent value and very cheap, so that's a great call there. It wasn't exactly on my radar, and I'm going to be with you, and I'll draw my line um, below there. I just want to do a little public service announcement, sort of like what you did yesterday, um, related to the Rockets here, and saying, don't play Jason Terry, okay? Yes. Don't fall for that, please. All right. I understand that he's minimum priced, and you don't need really anything for him to do um, You know what he did, but in an overtime game where he played 28 minutes, he... You know, he did he barely hit five X, okay, he hit five point three X, but five points, four rebounds, three assists and one steal. This guy is not very good and I don't expect him to get a ton of minutes. And something else should happen um, in this in this spot with Jason Terry like Patrick Beverly being in the lineup, he would be a better overall option, or figure out a way to make Ty Lawson work. Um, you know, back in, in the starting lineup. So the, the, the minutes are pretty uneven. I know that he's been recently announced as a starter and he can pop up in a GPP for, for min salary. But in general, I don't think you're not going to be happy with the production that you get. You can easily get a, you know, an eight minute dud like you got on the 11th where he did nothing, like literally nothing one field goal attempt and he missed it as well as you can get something where he went for the 19 and five against Dallas in 26 minutes. So if you really feel like gambling, great. I think there's much better GPP options and he doesn't have, you know, 40 point upside at all in there. There's just, he's never going to get that many shots. So uh, I would much rather take a gamble on your boy, Jeremy Lin or, you know Marcus Smart, Jordan Clarkson, T.J. McConnell, any of these other guys who are, are who can actually get into thirty minute range, even Zach Levine in short minutes, I would rather play than you know forty seven year old Jason Terry. So uh, then, mm-hmm. there you have that. I know people sort of sort of like you know start salivating when they see min salary guys into the starting lineup. This yeah. this isn't one of those situations well, for me. Tonight
2: tonight is actually another good example of that. I've had a bunch of people asked me today, do I play Paul Pierce? Because Paul Pierce is supposed to be getting a start. Mm -hmm. Paul Pierce can't play 35 minutes anymore. No, So you're not going to get huge upside out of him. So he may pay off 20 if he plays, you know, 24 minutes, which would kind of be a stretch, I think, for him. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, what's the upside? It's like what you're talking about. If you can't get any upside out of a guy, just because he's cheap isn't a reason to play him. right? You know, if you're playing some of these guys that are cheap, you, you even want more than 6x out of them especially if you know that you're going to play a guy like Westbrook and you know you're going to be happy with 5x60 points out of Westbrook you're going to need to make up some points at the bottom so look for those 3 or 4k guys that could get you maybe 7 or 8 times value that's really what you want
1: I absolutely agree with you 100% so a great point there all right let's go ahead and flip forward to the small I'm sorry to the shooting guard position here we've got james harden who magically woke up from a slumber not a great matchup for him on the slate against memphis on the road and Mm a couple of their top options uh for today including the aforementioned jimmy butler playing the golden state warriors he um uh, produced very nicely this first time i I recommended him on 120 sports and he came up with a 45 point uh, performance for 5.8x so i was very happy about that call um are you in on jimmy butler and who else do you like for the shooting guard position for friday
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to play Harden, he's more of a tournament option for me because he can do what he did yesterday. And as good as Russell Westbrook played yesterday, you were better off fading Westbrook and taking Harden yesterday. So he's somebody that's always in play on that end. You know, that's Mm -hmm. about all I want to really say about it. I don't like the matchup against Memphis either. But again, he can go for 60, 70 points against anybody when he feels like playing. Sure, I do actually really like Jimmy Butler, and he's the one I want to talk about a little more. If you guys remember last season, when Derrick Rose was out, Jimmy Butler was playing so well that people were literally talking about him as the MVP in the league at the time. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Okay, so what situation are we in right now? What is Derrick Rose doing? Oh, wait, that's right. Mm. Derrick Rose is out. So that basically tells me it's kind of like the Westbrook and Durant thing. Why do I keep telling you guys play Westbrook every day? Because Durant is out. And we've seen when Durant is out, Westbrook turns into an absolute fantasy sports monster so when when derek rose is out jimmy butler for a time last year did the same thing he's still priced like a guy who's another one of the multiple options on a team but really we know two things we know that his minutes are going to increase his usage is going to increase therefore his fantasy score is going to increase because he already is a guy who scores across the board points for you and now you're also adding to the fact that He's going to be playing extra minutes and he's going to have the ball in his hand more. So, until his price really comes up into like the high 8K range, I think he's a guy that you can roll out there almost every day because he's going to be getting you 40 plus fantasy points, you know, five and a half, six times value. And, you know, doing it still at a price that it's cheaper than you're going to find that at a lot of other positions.
1: Fair enough. I think that's uh, something that you can definitely consider here. Now, who's going to be in your cash game group? Uh, among this uh, among the, we've named some of the top options here are you expanding uh, uh, uh this at all to some other players i know will barton was a guy that was on your radar as well yep. and you know he's done a, f- a very fine job four straight games of paying 5x or higher mm-hmm. and the you know 25 fancy points Landed exactly on 5x, and he's been you know 7.5x plus in the three games previous to that. Um, and oh, by the way, too, that was a game against the San Antonio Spurs, so uh, on the road, and and he still meets 5x at the you know discount price of 5100. So, uh, you know, those people who are you know sort of worried about if the, if the you know Bloom fell off the road, and I'm just going to throw that game out against the Spurs. I like to do that against everybody. Do you agree when you sort of see uh, the Spurs on the on the Slate, and you look at the game log, and you say, "Oh, yeah, bad performance, but it was the Spurs." I do that quite often.
2: Yeah, and you know what? It's also a good way to get guys that are lower owned because some people don't bother to look that deep into it. You know what I mean? And see, well, was there a reason why the guy didn't play well? Did he have a tough matchup? Did he get in foul trouble? That's you know, did something actually happen? They just look at the game log and say, "Oh, he had a a bad game. I'm not going to play this guy again." So. I think there is some merit in doing that and finding some, you know, underused gems. Now, let me ask you a question because here's basically where it is when you come down today for me. I agree with you on Will Barton. You know, I talked about him yesterday. He's a guy that I really like. Will Barton was 5,100 yesterday, though, and Rodney Hood was Mm 4,800. Hood has played 30-something minutes basically in the last five games. Right. Whereas Barton's been a little more erratic. Barton kind of comes off the bench sometimes. You know, sometimes he plays 30 minutes, sometimes he plays 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So for 300 less, would you rather have Hood or would you rather have Barton? Because I think, in my opinion, I think I'm kind of leaning more towards Hood, which is why I'm a little bit off Barton. If I'm, you know, going to be using one of the two, it's probably Hood for me.
1: All right, well, let me take a look here. You know, because they're – Ranked like right next to each other in the projections for one. Yeah,
2: they're they're very they're very close. That's what I'm saying. Is and the thing is the price is very close too. Right. So when you get down to that spot, that's kind of going to be the decision you have to make. So that's why I'm saying if it was me looking at the two of them right now, I think I have Hood a little bit ahead of Barton. Although I mean I'm not going to argue if anybody chooses it the other way either because I think there's merit to both of them. I just think you know people are going to be in that range and that's the decision that they're going to make. So we can give them a little bit of an idea of you know why we choose one over the other and for me i think it has to come down to i think i feel like the minutes for hood are a little bit safer and i mean he's been gunning when he's been in there not that barton hasn't been either though that's what i'm saying it's like they're both very very close right but if you have if you're putting a gun to my head and saying you got one spot left you love the rest of your roster you have 5100 you can afford either one of them i think i'm gonna roll with hood
1: all right, so this is you know what I actually have a different answer, okay? And I want to I'll, okay. and I'll explain why. And I want to tell you how I approach this as well, okay? Um, I think we mentioned this um, in previous um, – this is a very good question because this is something you can sort of dive into and we get into the strategy part of it rather and, than just why we like a player. Okay. Yeah, and it's
2: also something that I think people are going to wind up in this spot when they're making their rosters, So right. it's good for them to hear it too and hear both sides of the argument.
1: Absolutely, and I think that you're going come to come up with a guy in the end here who's, who's cash game eligible in your rosters too. So that's this is an important point. So one, I'm always looking at the total. Okay, and we don't have the total for Friday, but we can do just a quick projection. We know Denver and Phoenix have been, you know, scoring in the well two hundreds, and then you have, uh, let's see here, um, Rodney Hood facing Dallas. Dallas is on the road. Will Barton is at home, so one edge to Barton. I think second edge is probably going to be the total. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, up to Barton okay Hood is a starter and has the potential to play a few more minutes so there's one um, piece of an edge there um, as well um, if I'm taking a look at the defensive matchup they're both probably bad matchups I, I'm guessing without taking without looking at the numbers and I'm going to dig up the numbers now I think I would rather play Wes Matthews who probably isn't uh, you know 100% overall versus uh, a fully healthy Eric Bledsoe at the shooting guard position, and let's see if the numbers back that up. So we're sliding here. Phoenix is actually in the bottom 10 right now in um, shooting guard defense. So that may be related to the pace, which is one of the higher ones in the league.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then who are we looking at? Dallas as well. Uh, Dallas is in the top 10 in in uh, shooting guard defense. So uh, there's another edge that would go towards um, Will Barton in that spot. Um, and then the last thing I, I, I want to mention too here is because you have uh, Rodney Hood and Alec Burks both in that same role, both shooting guards, both say, fighting for the same minutes. Both of them actually have been producing, and believe it or not, in our projections that we're looking at, Benny Burks is actually the guy projected for the highest uh, point total for Friday. That mm. to me is a little bit of a knock on Hood. Okay. Um, the the one other thing I'll too take a look at here is just diving a little bit further. Um, all things considered, if we feel like I've we've looked at the total, we've looked at the match defensive matchups and you sort of the minutes and all that stuff sort of shakes out the same. I'm always going to lean with the home player versus the road guy, and you know how it goes as a coach. You're, you, you get your home you know friendly calls. There's set, I wish I could find the report that that's out there. I'm going to try to maybe Google search and dig it up, but like you know it's just widely known that you get more free throws from the refs or calls when you're at home versus on the road you understand that as a coach and and you believe in that correct
2: well you know what it is too i mean Referees are people, so they get caught up in the atmosphere as much as anybody else right. does, and, and there's pressure to the, make
1: calls that are sort of close that yeah. could have maybe went the other way on the road.
2: And know? and you get the reaction of the home crowd is yes. the one that you hear, and so most right. of the time those you know oos and ahs and oh man better blow that on. whistle, you
1: know, yeah, them, on, you know, you're on gonna that hit.
2: side of the floor, exactly. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually a real thing. We're not just you know you know voicing our sentiment. And like I said, if I dig up that report and I find it, I'll tweet it out. Um, the last thing I will. Say too here, is if you take a look at Will Barton and Rodney Hood. Um, Rodney Hood is like you said a pure scorer, and he he's done a decent amount of rebounding here, but he's not a great rebounder overall. He had a zero rebound game in 36 minutes against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's come up with you know games of one, three, two, three rebounds. He has been assisting uh, better than last year, and he's a he does a good um, uh, uh, job of you know at least getting over one steal per at least in the November for the season, but. If you take a look at Will Barton's lines, he is a guy who's actually hit double-digit double, double, double digit rebounds. His floor for rebounds is right around floor, four or higher, and he's had, um, you know, let's see here, three games out of the last seven or eight where he's had four or more assists, and he's chipping with steals and blocks. So he's just a more complete shooting guard that chips in in other areas, and when you have a game like the spurs uh yesterday where he only scores nine points in 21 minutes but he gives you four rebounds five assists a steal and a block that's how he's still able to meet 5x value versus if he rodney that happened to rodney hood he might only score nine points but not give you the the five assists and the extra stat categories you need to save uh value on that price tag so will barton to me is a more complete player and the other you know, the total of him being at home and not having to share minutes with Alec Burks, who's a higher projected player among the three, um, is the reason why I'm going to go with Will Barton. Does that make sense?
2: It does, but allow me one second to retort. Okay. And I really only need two words. All right. Gary Harris. <laughs> <laughs> because, Jack. honestly, if we're, we're talking about shooting guards here, yeah. so if you guys need a punch shooting guard right now, Harris is the guy that I have written down, which is also part of the reason why I think... I think I fear he's a little bit more of a threat to Barton. You know, not that Burks isn't a threat to Hood, but... Yeah. You had Gary Harris playing basically 30 minutes in the last two games, putting up 30 and 24 fantasy points, and doing it for just a little bit over 3k at 3,400.
1: Yes, he has stepped his game up, but yeah, until, so- until, but this is a this is a super small sample. Okay, I'm going to give him. Oh, po- agree. I'm going to give him a lot of points against the Spurs because that's a, that's a nice performance for him to put up almost 7x and 8x. But if you take a look at the, some of the game logs, so he's been pretty uneven with some mm. of these matchups. And this is the thing that concerns me with Gary Harris as a young player in the league okay um you take a look at him he's gotten 20 plus minutes the majority of the time but he's only hit 30 minutes once so that's part that's part of the problem right um but it's also you know something that cuts into will barton's minutes so i i understand that piece and Mm. but you you know what we have here i don't like the fact that since uh yeah since the beginning of the season on october 28th we have here what uh, i'm gonna roughly guess a 12 game sample one two three four double digit scoring performances out of 12 games um and two of those came in the last two so maybe the, the, he's trending upwards and sort of figuring out how to get his shot together and score more i'm just not excited about his he's probably the worst scorer among the four is what i'm going to say
2: oh I've, i'd agree with that yeah i agree with that definitely
1: he's the worst scorer among the four but he also has the needs the, the fewest amount of points to pay off the price tag
2: yeah he's so. a he's a 1500 hundred dollar discount which is why i said if you need a cheapie You know, he's kind of the guy down there at this point who I would be looking at, but that pretty much sums up shooting guard for me. I mean, that's everybody that, you know, I kind of have on my short list.
1: Right, we went top end, um, super value plays, and then all the way cheap to to Gary Harris, if you feel like you, to me, Gary Harris, GPP only as uh, well. I will. Oh say. yeah,
2: without a doubt. Yeah, I'm not playing him in cash. No,
1: yeah. Definitely not. Uh, the, uh, the difference here is, I think you could actually make a case for Will Barton. I feel more comfortable with Hood in cat and G- in GPPs than cash games. And then we talked about Burke being the, actually the top projected guy. So if you want to go either way with him, um, given that price tag which we have at 5400, I'm okay with that as well. You know, I, I wouldn't like hate it if you used him in cash, but um, the, uh, you know, probably When you have these situations where it's a little bit of the timeshare, I feel more comfortable on the GPP side than the cash side. Sort of just depends on how your your roster ends up shaking out and where you need to save value. All right, shooting guard was that was long and involved, but I think we did a good job breaking. You know, we went fairly like. level two, level three here with just, you know, r- as to exactly how far we can separate a, a, you know, or break a tie with, you know, who's going to be in your lineup and why. Mm. So,
2: and I mean, the other good thing too, is that there's not much to talk about at shooting guard. So, I mean, <laughs> at small, at small forward, right. so we, we don't have to spend too much time on this one. All
1: right. Fair enough. Uh, before we dive into small forward, want to mm. just let people know here, all you beloved pod listeners that if we were talking about the projections that we've been mentioning, digging into these prices, the game logs, um, The the over-enders, all the numbers, um, price per dollar, uh, you, you, you want to take a look at that stuff, you want to get involved, you can do it for free on rotowire.com. Just go to rotowire.com slash pod. You get a 10-day free trial, access to all the projections, all the numbers that Benny are using on each and every show to break down all uh, the, the top options for you in your matchups. So take advantage of it. Check it out. No cost. It's free trial uh, for, for 10 days. rotowire.com slash pod. Enjoy all the fantasy projections and the optimizers they have for NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, and soccer and um ask questions we're here to help you out um all, all along the way and just you know as a quick reference point too we you know we were talking about uh you know uh players in you know and and like pro- i guess like price per dollar is sort of what we haven't mentioned too much but it's it's like a, v- a very easy sort so just as a quick reference for thursday's um games here i wish i wonder if i can switch over to friday here uh, probably not yet but uh, Dwayne Wade, uh, with a sixty-seven hundred dollars salary, is worth um, four point eight five, uh, you know, points per dollar. Is how that breaks down. And they have a nice little chart that you can sort by and give you the projected points and the and the projected value. And usually those two things match up. Dwayne Wade projected for thirty-two and a half points on Thursday, and you know, at sixty-seven hundred, that's four point eight five fantasy points per dollar spent and usually mm-hmm. those things are right in line. It's a, it's a great way for you to sort of uh, line up the plays and find value. So make sure you check yeah. that out, uh, rotowire.com slash pod. All right, uh, small four, Benny, what do you got for me?
2: Well, I'm not going to be paying up for Melo, and I don't think I, I love Kawhi in this spot either. So the first guy who kind of sticks out to me is going to be Nick Batum. Um, again, I said I'm going to be picking on that Philly team all year. Those guys seem to be putting up huge numbers against them. So Batum, you know, whether you look at the small forward against Indiana last night being CJ Miles or whether you look at it as being, uh, Paul George, both of those guys went absolutely crazy. So I think this is a really good spot for Batum up top. He had one bad game in the last couple and people are like cursing the guy, Mm -hmm. but he bounced right back last night with another, you know, 37, 40 fantasy points, something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically puts him right in line with his price tag. So he's the first guy that I'm going to be looking at, um,
1: Talking After about Batum, that, you're talking about Batum. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And he, I was. I just wanted to quickly chime in here. Philadelphia. We've always talked about stacking. Um, you know, and we don't. I don't create heavy uh, a heavy amount of stacking in any of my lines for cash or GPPs I just try to go with optimal plays and you know and the best pivots that I can create for GPPs but when you see Philly on the roster you can make a case for two or three guys against them and they're you know dead last uh, in fancy points a lot as you know no surprise to anybody with them with a winless record and them sort of rotating players uh, in and out of the lineup 47.81 is by far the most fancy points allowed to any small forward so that just 110% supports your case for Nick Patuma as your top option at small forward
2: yep Uh, and Then, I mean, moving on, <clears throat> excuse me, moving on down from there, it gets a little bit dicey. A uh, couple guys who I'm looking at in that mid range mm-hmm. uh, Farouk Camino's been pretty good going up against the Clippers. Uh, Clippers wing players, wing defense against the Clippers has been something that, you know, we've been picking on for a couple years. It might have gotten a little bit better with Lance Stevenson, but, you know, you still got guys that they're rolling in there like Paul Pierce and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's been putting up decent numbers. I wanted to actually. <clears throat> get your opinion on something that we have not seen in a while, but after watching a little bit of that Nets game the other day, I think it, we're starting to see it come back. And that is, uh, you know, the old ISO Joe offense where they basically just give the ball to Joe Johnson on the wing and everybody stands on the other side of the floor. And he, you know, gets some shots up. It yeah. worked out pretty well at the beginning of that game yesterday. He had like a quick 10 points. And then I don't think he finished with a huge game, but he's still pretty cheap. And if they're going to be doing that for stretches of time, you know joe johnson's always been a guy who can put points up so he can put up 20 or 30 real life points in a minute and you know well not in a minute but you know pretty quickly and uh you know that could wind up getting him a pretty nice fantasy score so how do you feel about him at the 5k range
1: i like him at the 5k range that's the price you know i need a discount on joe johnson because
2: oh yeah, yeah I agree.
1: right he's been a a like bona fide check stealer for off and on for the last three seasons so, you know, but if you take a look at what he's done last two games, he pays off five X at, at five point uh, three. And it's, it's not overwhelming performances. It's 28 and 38 fantasy points. But he does pop up with, you know, negatives here with like, you know, just 15 fantasy points against Golden State, which you would have thought at least he would have got some volume. You know, mm-hmm. against a, a game with a big total where they didn't get blown out. It was 99-107. to 107. And, well, he, still,
2: he still took a lot of shots in that game. The problem is they didn't make any. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's the other problem, too, is like Golden State, I, it's, it's crazy. I don't know if they're still ranked this way, but to start the season, I imagine they've still got to be close. First in offense and first in defense, which is just insane. Just literally mm-hmm. insane. You don't never – usually you play it too fast of a pace even when you're a good defensive team to still be – ranked in the top five or top 10 and that's just not yeah. the case so yeah the, the, i've treat golden state in a lot of spots like i treat the san antonio spurs so you can throw that line out and he gets back to double digits that's the only single digit performance in the in the last five but having said that i think it's just gpp only for me with uh with joe johnson just given the his age and you know the fact that it's on the road boston is a is a better than average defense and i sort of prefer somebody like damari carroll uh, who you can still get for not too much more um, than Joe Johnson, you only have to go up to 5,600 as of yesterday's prices for Damari Carroll. Um, and, you know, not a great performance for him, uh, even though I picked him against Utah. Maybe that was just a mistake because I thought I could pick on Gordon Hayward. But the overall defense with Rudy Gobert is just maybe too much to overcome. And so he throws up a dud. But before that, he put up 35 fantasy points, um, you know, 35.5 against a paced up Golden State team. So he did what we thought would, you know, have the potential to do. But what I really want to do is just target Kobe as often as possible if he's going to be in that lineup. And if he's not going to be that lineup, the Lakers don't have a ton of depth behind him there as well so if you're looking for a spot for um DeMari to count to, to bounce back i feel actually comfortable with him going back to the well and picking him again on friday um against the lakers i'm just taking a look at the depth chart here oh yeah oh yeah uh what are we talking about ryan kelly and metal world peace like 47 year old <laughs> metal world peace? yes this demari Carroll all the way for me uh, you're not going to be able to talk me off of him in the value price section if we're not using nicholas Batum. So. Okay, well, can I
2: actually talk you off of him and somebody who's even cheaper that can give you better bang for your buck? You,
1: yeah, you don't have to talk me off of him. You can just say, okay. let's create another lineup with this guy, okay?
2: Okay, so then let's create another lineup and let's discuss Jeff Green right now. All right, I like it. Because Jeff Green right now is like $3,400, $3,500. Oh, Again, I feel, like his, I feel like his price is going to come up a little bit, but uh-huh. he has been inserted into the starting lineup. He has seen... I mean, let me double-check here. I think he's seen 30 minutes in the last three games. He's put up about 30 fantasy points in average in each of those games, mm-hmm. and he's done it at 32, 34, and 3,500. So unless okay. his price goes up, I mean, even if his price goes up to 4K for this game, if he's giving you 30 points, that's over seven times value. So you're getting more than seven points per dollar out of him. You know, for, for that price, I think he's definitely somebody that's in play. And they're playing Houston, which is a paced-up game for Memphis, so... You know, you could even expect him to kind of outperform his averages a little bit.
1: All right, you win. I thought I had a really good one to go in against Kobe for 5,500 with the, with my boy, the Swiss Army Knife. But this is ridiculous here. Okay, tw- 29 minutes or more in the last mm-hmm. three games. Eight and a half X is the floor for this price. So this is stealing right now with Jeff Green. I can't. Yeah. Okay, uh, you win. All right, that's, this is, it is a much better play.
2: Well, we all uh, win. Everybody all right. listening here is going to win if, okay. if his price stays at this you know, I'm at this level. I'm excited about this play, to be honest with yeah. you.
1: Because, yeah, this is an amazing play. Jeff Green, we know that he's capable of doing stuff like this. And Memphis needs a score. Um, Marcus Hall hasn't been performing like he has in seasons past as a regular guy. And you, we know that everybody is like the ceiling for everybody is 20 points. Nobody ever blows up for 37 against Memphis. But if you see Jeff Green scoring 20 and 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 chipping with 5 point, 5 4 rebounds here, a couple assists and some steals and some blocks, he's a guy who can do everything in, including hit threat and hit trays for 3500 um yeah, you you have a shot I think he gets 10x if he goes for 35 fantasy points, which well, isn't I that mean, much.
2: I, you know? I truly believe that the price is going to be higher. I think that it should. after these three games, they're going to adjust it. He should be over 4K. But again, even if he's 4K, you know, if he's going to get you 30 fantasy points, which has been his average the last three games. And remember, this is a paced-up game, so he could even outperform his averages. He's still getting you seven times value. So really, even at 4K, it's still a steal.
1: Yeah, and just sort of as a reference point, I like to just use this as a cheat sheet in the game logs in our projections here. Um, at four thousand eight hundred, let's just say the price went all the way up to four thousand eight hundred, which I don't think will happen. Okay, but and he, if he scored thirty one and a half fantasy points, that's six and a half X, and you yep. love that still. All right, mm-hmm. so that's that's super super reasonable. He's hit that the last two games, thirty points and thirty three point seventy five, and he's in the thirty five hundred range. So if you know for some magic reason he went all the way up to forty eight, and he did the same thing he did the last two games, you got six and a half X, and you're sitting pretty. You're sitting pretty in cash, and you're and you're loving it in GPPs.
2: So and and you now have a way with his price being that cheap to get whoever the stud that you want to get in your in your lineup. Is.
1: Yeah, it is not often that we are able to say. Um, you have a shot at 10 X on a, on a guy right now. And usually the window stays small for that when, when it is possible. So the minutes got so low and he actually had like a zero point performance, a five, an eight and a six. There was just a string of duds from him coming off the bench. And Jeff green, uh, Jeff green is a streaky guy. By the way, so I love this play. I'm all in. I'm 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 switching to 100% exposure, and you know, uh, Damari Carroll will be my GPP pivot if I just happen to save some cash with some of these other value plays that that I come across. So, excellent call for you, sir. Let's end the conversation there because we can't do better than Jeff Green for thirty. Mike drop,
2: Mike drop, Mike yes. drop on small forwards. We're good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All
1: right, power forward time here. Um, th- did we? Is DraftKings the site where they made the switch to DeMarcus Cousins? That, DeMarcus Cousins, by the way, is not on the slate for Friday. But is, is this a site where they yeah, actually? Yes,
2: he's power forward at uh, at DraftKings
1: now. Okay, okay, fair enough. I just wanted to get that straight for for the future shows and articles that I have coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Brow look, probably um, may, or I guess he's listed as questionable. I, well, I will say this. Starting off the top, if he doesn't play, Ryan Anderson becomes the autoplay
2: for me 100% agree with you there do you play the other question now that everybody's going to ask is do you play brow if he isn't
1: no not against san antonio
2: yeah i and that's exactly my answer too is like not with the uncertainty not with him getting blown on and having to go sit out for you know three quarters and not against san antonio so for me the only thing that makes any sense in this game to look at if he's out i think ryan anderson is a play and he's not even a huge play because san antonio is a pretty good defense
1: Okay, now let me ask you this: Are you um, ready to jump at least for GPPs on the Kristaps Porzingis train, where he comes with forty-six fantasy points in a game against Charlotte for seven point nine X?
2: Now, what do you think his? <laughs> pri- well, let me ask this question: Like, where do you think his price is going to go? All right, let's let's think about this
1: here. Okay, um, I don't really think you need to make well because it's already steadily increased, and he's mm-hmm. been getting you know closer to thirty minutes as of the last week or so. Um, and he's been in double double territory already, so I don't really feel like, oh man, you got to shift it far upward, you know, because he's got to have a couple thirty point performances. So let's just tack, let's, I don't know, tack three four hundred on the price.
2: All right, so I mean, at like sixty two, sixty three, you're looking at needing like thirty six points out of him, which I don't think is crazy. I don't think it's asking like too much. He's basically done that a couple times in the last few games. He seems to be getting a little more confident. But OKC does have Serge Ibaka, who's a pretty good power forward. So Ibaka's not really an easy matchup for guys. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's a couple other guys that I'm looking at here that I think I'd rather use.
1: Okay.
2: You know, kind of at at the same price tag, too. I mean, honestly, he's looked pretty good. It's just he's he's a rookie. And one thing that I always think about rookies, it doesn't matter what sport it is, is... So One thing you can count on a rookie to be is be inconsistent. Yeah. So, yeah, we know that he has this ceiling. So, to me, it's a GPP play because, yes, he could blow up for 40, but he could just as easily have an absolute horrid game where he winds up with, like, 14 fantasy points for you. Yeah, You know, and that's without the track record and without seeing him all that often, we just don't know that.
1: All right, fair enough. I think that's an excellent way to approach it. All right, um, let's go ahead and move forward here. How, um, how many other plays that we need to sort of consider here Thaddeus Young your boy that we previously mentioned here um, does it again
2: this is this is the range I think you got to look at I don't think you really want anything towards the top would you is there anybody at the top that you like because I don't really like anybody I'm looking down in this range to be honest
1: Um, you know what I think Blake Griffin if that's a guy that you wanted to anchor with against Portland because you know their power forward situation is such a mess yeah. that you could you could definitely get value i could see him going for another 60 burger against portland so if you you want to pay the 9k and you want to go up in value i i, I think it's probably an excellent play he's got a top 3 projection on the day so that's fine i don't want to use derek favors against dallas um nope. just because and you know what I'll, I'll say this derek favors is cash game safe Okay, but you know if we're gonna make a cash game play, um, we just talked about some other guys that we that that we can you know make a strong case for, like the Ryan Andersons uh, uh, if if he's out, and there's a couple other spots you can sort of pay like even further down, uh, Mm -hmm. and you know and and save more cash uh, than than him personally, but he's in that spot right there where um, I don't the price is rising, he's up to seventy six hundred, and this isn't a guy who is going to typically have like 60 point upside. He's done it once against Miami. Yeah. And D- I'll tell you this, Dallas is the team to to actually target. So I understand why he has a top 3 projection overall. I just would rather um you know go go with uh with Blake Griffin overall cuz I don't tr- I don't think well, I'm no, I'm sure that Blake Griffin is a much, much better scorer overall than Derek Favors. So mm-hmm. that, that's something else that you need to pay attention to. And if you had to ask me what this um, total is going to be uh, between like the the Clippers Portland game and the Dallas Utah game, it's going to be much higher with with, the, with uh, Blake Griffin in.
2: Which is actually a key point that I think people fail to realize is sometimes they'll build a roster and be like, "Well, I had a whole bunch of guys who you know seemed like really good value plays." But then you look at it and you're like, I wound up with four guys in my roster from the lowest total game of the day. You know, like there's a reason why these guys on Utah are all priced a little bit cheaper than you would expect them to be. Uh-huh. You know, like people loved Gobert last night at sixty seven hundred, but you gotta remember every game that Utah plays in, them and the team on the other side is probably going to underperform what the average is for most games in the NBA that night. Yeah. So if you're gonna have guys with less possessions, less touches, less shots, less rebounds, less assists that also means less fantasy points. So there's a reason why a lot of these guys are cheap. It's all right if you put one or two of them in your roster, but you know, when the price starts creeping up on some of them, it, it doesn't always make sense to use them unless you can guarantee that the game is going to be paced up, which it almost never is when Utah's involved.
1: Yeah, you can value town yourself out of a cash in a 5050 GPP oh, or in a 50/50 game and so uh, you know by by saying all oh, these guys are all presented great values but they were great values with a ceiling of, of about 30 fantasy points and, and mm-hmm. you look at your lineup and you end up with something like 210 points or 220 points and you try to figure out why you know you just missed a cash point or something else like that because you still need guys who can sort of get you into the 40 plus point range um, in different spots in your lineup. And, um, you know, when you do things like that and, and cap some of those uh, opportunities like playing Utah players, um, y- y- you can hurt yourself. I would much rather get in the mix um, with with that Young at 6,100 than I would yeah. uh, for Derek Favors at 7,700.
2: Yeah. I so. mean, we didn't even really talk about that because we, we kind of went off and started making a couple other points. But uh-huh. this is the last four games that this guy's had, had 31, 50, 40. And forty fantasy points. Uh-huh. And he's done it at six K or less. Right. So at that point you're looking at like six, seven, eight times value on some of these games, you know. Again, I mean, he's rebounding. He's he's scoring right now a lot, which is really the thing that's kind of jumped up. You know, earlier in the year, he was getting 10, 11, 12 points. Now he's getting 16, 18, 26, 27. And he's still giving you those, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 rebounds that he's been giving you. He adds in a couple steals. He adds in a couple assists. You know, he does a little bit of everything on, on that side. Nothing like spectacular, but, you know, a couple points. And he's still really, really cheap right now. So if you're going to get a guy that's playing you know, 30, 35 minutes a game and he's going to be able to score, you know, 16 to 25 points Mm -hmm. and still give you the the rebounds and the assists and the other stats, you know, he's definitely somebody that I'm still going to be rolling out there again. I think he's in a really good spot.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you there as well. So, and I'm you know what be, because we have such a big Friday slate, I think what I'm going to do is stay away from the Belitzas and Dwight Powell's and you know some of the other guys that you can you can sort of you know potentially meet value on like Luis mm-hmm. Scola, who you know put up seven x with twenty two and five last game. But you know if you take a look at the three games previous to that, six points, three points, nine points scored for. Um, you know, 10 to 13 total fantasy points. So we don't need to really mess around and try to save some extra cash by getting too cute here when you have these guys who are rainmakers when they've been in the lineup like Ryan Anderson without Anthony Davis, like Thad Young, and mm-hmm. like Blake Griffin up at the top. So um, yep. uh, I think we're in
2: total agreement there. Yeah, that's I'm pretty much going... If I don't play Blake, I'm going in that mid-range right there for a couple plays. I'm not going any further down from that. There's really nothing I like. And Blake is probably the best guy to pay up for if that's who you decide you want to pay up for at that spot.
1: Absolutely. All right, before we move on to the center position, I want to let you know that if you're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Melo, Trout versus A-Rod. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges are even easier. No Halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the nfl nba mlb nhl college football college basketball and other sports join today and get started real money and fancy supremacy awaits you visit nohalftime.com for more information and download the no halftime app for your iphone and android device receive a bonus by entering the promo code rotowire at sign up no halftime with a fantasy sports season never takes a break all right we are back from our break and we're talking about centers what do you got for me for cash and gpps
2: Okay, um, I'm a huge Andre Drummond fan. I mean, this guy has been a stud this year. He's coming up with not just big rebounding games. Like, he's not just getting double-digit rebounds. He's getting 15, 18, 20, 19. You know, he's putting up big numbers. And he's scoring about 20 points every game, too. So, you know, Barbara Walters or whatever other random, you know, 2020 joke anybody wants to make about it. If he's going to be putting up close to twenty and twenty, he's definitely somebody that I'm going to be considering. So even below ten k, I think that he has earned the right to be, you know, up there a, a, a little bit below some of the studs. I think his price should be like around like the ninety four, ninety five range. But if he keeps putting up good value at the ninety four, ninety five range, I understand why they're raising it up. I don't know if I feel like paying the same amount for him as I do for, you know, some of the other studs that we can get at other positions, but. The way he has played, he has basically justified the price increase. So he is definitely my number one center on the board if I have the money to spend up on him.
1: All right, I like that play. That makes uh, makes a lot of sense. The only question is, um, you know, uh, how, how what you're going to do in terms of cost because he's you know 10k and we you know, we've talked about a number of options that we need to to spend up at, at the top. So let's just do a quick review here. If you have Russell Westbrook and you have Andre Drummond at 10k, do you feel like you could still make your cash game lineup work? Or do we have to come off of that?
2: Probably not, because those two guys alone would be 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say you add one of the $6,000 power forwards. You know, you can get, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could, because if you can get Jeff Green at Mm 3,400, that means you have 1,800 left for four spots. No. No, I'm oh. gonna just go ahead and say no right now because yeah. you'd basically wind up putting filling out your roster with min, min know, price
1: players. Yeah. Like
2: like Barton Hood, a min price forward and a and another mid price utility player somewhere. Yeah. So unless you get some great value that opens up somewhere, like if Ricky Rubio's out and you can throw a three K Levine in there to give you like five K to spend at those other three positions or six K. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't see how you do it.
1: You've just put yourself firmly into GPP territory with all these sketchy plays. So, Right, yeah. exactly.
2: That's exactly the problem.
1: Right, so we, we have to say no for cash on Drummond if you're using Russell Westbrook, unless you come up with some awesome injury updates that you really feel great that open up some safe cash game plays. So you're going to have to be forced into a choice. If you want to go Drummond, fine. I don't think it's really necessarily recommended to fade Westbrook at this point, especially since he's not into the... 13k range yet so um let's go ahead and move forward how how far down can we slide down here and still feel good about our center plays
2: well I'm gonna be honest I don't really like Marcus All. he hasn't been playing that great so I don't think I would put him in there
1: mm-hmm.
2: um we'll get back to Brooke Lopez in a second Gobert is not somebody I've been playing lately I'm not a huge fan of DeAndre Jordan um I, I like Towns but I I think Drummond is gonna be You know, chewing up a lot of those rebounds, so I think it's going to be a tougher matchup for him. Mm -hmm. I normally don't play guys against Memphis, so I don't like Dwight Howard. I have a Um, very good play for you. Okay, I was going to say, Lopez is the best one I've got to so far. There's a couple guys below him, like Sullinger and Bogut, who I like, but who who are you thinking of?
1: I want Al Jefferson against Philly here. We talked about the Charlotte stack. Al Jefferson has gotten to a very reasonable price. He's 6K. Uh, Benny, you know, come to come down from wow. some 6,900 and he goes for 18 and eight. That's 34 fancy points along with the two assists and two blocks. That's 5.7 K that's cash safe. All right. And, you know, he's put up a 40 point. He's put up two 40 point games um, and, you know, in, in November here. So he has enough GPP upside for me uh, as well, if you want to anchor your lineup. So, you know, dropping down to 6K and then using a guy like Barton, using a guy like jeff green is really going to open up some opportunity for you maybe to get to blake griffin at the power forward position or for you to do some a couple other different things uh you know uh, like a higher grade player in your your utility so that's going to be my personal target i'm always looking for the you know the the best level of success you can have um and the sixers are what what looks like bottom eight bottom nine and, and you know um uh, fancy points allowed to opposing centers, so um, that makes a lot of sense, and um, for whatever reason, too, they're doing some weird things with, like, Nerland's Noel. So, I'm, I'm not totally... Under- yeah,
2: I am i don't know what they're doing, either. Like, they weren't going to start him the other day. They're limiting his minutes. I mean, I, I don't really understand it myself.
1: Either way, I, I I think that, you know, you can always be fairly safe, and especially at 6K targeting um. um you know that that Philly defense overall uh, from what i can tell it looks like he Al Jefferson would be getting Jared um Joel Okafor on defense and not Nerlens Noel so that's a boost to his value overall as well cuz we know mm-hmm. he's not a a, ter- a terribly good defender that's no. a play that i'm definitely interested in here as well yeah now, now, let
2: me let me ask you this question, because there's another guy at 6K2 and Jared Sollinger How do you look at the two of them against each other? Because Selinger's been pretty good lately, too.
1: Selinger's been solid. The only problem I have with, with, with Selinger is he, to me, makes a little bit more sense of the cash gameplay overall. Because what I want—I mean, the double-doubles are great, so you're getting bonuses all, all over the place with Jared Sollinger That's very nice, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I think he has— you know he's done actually a fairly good job shot blocking, but I feel like he doesn't have the, the overall um, upside that um, Al Jefferson is because like I, I don't remember yeah, the last time I agree. I'm looking yeah, yeah I'm looking at here Gerald so- so- um, Solinger did not score thirty points one game last season. At least you know you have thirty point upside with with Al Jefferson in in a really good matchup and this could be the game against Philly. So I feel like the ceiling is is higher personally. Are, are you with me on that?
2: No, I, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, actually after you said that and I started looking at his game logs, I, I really actually like that play as well with, he, with Al Jefferson.
1: I'll tell you what though, cash safe for Jared for are for sure. So and mm-hmm. and you're and you're safe with Al Jefferson in both spots. But I would much rather play against you, little Okafor, than Brooke Lopez, who's actually been defending yeah. like pretty decently for um, for, for the center position, but it has, they have still center. They still a lot of, a pretty good amount. They're still bottom five in and fancy points allowed to centers, which is weird to me because he's this, I think this is the highest shot blocking rate he's had, you know, um, on the season. So I don't really know. I, I understand it, but you know, there's a reason Brooke Lopez has been, uh, and Brooklyn has been losing a bunch of games. Uh, I know we're running out of time here. I just want to quickly offer up one home run GPP play here. Um, and and I'm, th- listen, this is an absolute stab in the dark, okay? But this is why it's called a home run GPP play. But if you take a look at – how do you feel about 16.6x,
2: <laughs> Benny? 16.6x is good. I, I would like that. Who are we talking about talking here? About Who am I missing?
1: The, the min price, Nikola Jokic. Against San Antonio, rolls off the bench, tells JJ Hickson to take a seat because I'm about to double double on the Spurs here. 23 and 12 with two steals and three blocks in 31 minutes off the bench. All right. I don't know where this came from. Okay. I don't know if it's any part repeatable, but at 3K at the center position, I'm having a share in my GPP somewhere because that's crazy. And it happened against the Spurs. And, um, you know, this, and he's a young guy with upside all right 2014 second round draft pick uh so i just want to put him on the people's radar don't blame me if he doesn't do anything he the the best thing about him is he can't burn you for much because he's basically been min salary or close to all season long so there you go
2: so there you go if you want to play Drummond in westbrook that's the other guy that you put in your utility spot at uh... oh no he's power forward so you can actually just put him in a power forward spot and then you know, still have money to spend elsewhere. Was so it, there you go. I
1: had him listed as um, in the. W- wasn't I looking in the center spot? I yeah. Yeah, they.
2: You know what? He's he's listed in the center spot, but they actually have him on his profile as power forward. So I'm not really sure where he is in the in the player pool. You guys are gonna have to search it out. He could be a center. He could be power forward. If he's center, then you got to use him in utility if you want to you know, fit in drumming with them or something like that.
1: All right. Fair enough. So I think we've nailed down all the top options for the Friday slate. Thanks for listening. Everybody. Don't forget. You can subscribe to the Roto-Wire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience. Please leave us a friendly review and a rating. Um, let, let your friends know that you enjoy the show. Um, you can always follow Benny on Twitter at Benny R 11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Saturday combo show.